doing this very long, but there is one thing that we have learned. If we're only going to do one podcast a week, make sure you bring back the most popular guests. Who are those popular guests with us this week? What's up, boys? What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. We got Tomes and Connor with us today. We're going to do some picks, got some fill in the blanks. We, we got some fire coming for you. We're ready. We, we This is what we've been waiting for. We, we were going to do a basketball podcast on Tuesday, but we just felt just too much basketball, too much going on. Well, and not what enough we change. Felt, what we felt was that there wasn't enough news. And then yesterday at like yes. 8.30 Eastern time, Woj dropped a bomb, a massive bomb that Russell Westbrook was getting traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a protected 2023 first. Had we known that that was coming, I'm sure we would have had a basketball pod, but we got a lot of football coming today. Uh, I'm sure if these guys have any questions on what we think of that trade, they'll, they'll come up later. Well, let's dive right in here. Tomes, Connor, thank you both for joining us again, as always. What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. never been most popular at anything. This is awesome. Never. (laughs) I've been the... I've been the most popular kid that gets picked on this year because of my choice in football. We're going to get there. Just hang on, hang on. And with that, as Ian mentioned, we have our returning game of fill in the blanks. This is numerous questions that we are going to pose to all of us. And we want to fill in the blanks. So let's get to the first one. And speaking of Tom's favorite teams, the blank team will win the NFC East and host a playoff game. Tomes, let's throw to you first. We have to start with me? Okay. (laughs) So, uh, I I try to to look at remaining schedules and, you know, a couple couple different factors in in terms of what's going on, right? Because, you know, with with COVID and everything, home and away, travel's not that big, especially in, in this division with the exception of maybe Dallas, right? And I mean, I must have gone through like five or six different scenarios in my head. Don't do it. <laughs> no, it's not Don't coming. It. I promise it's not coming. Anyway, I, I, I have the Washington football team winning the NFC lease this year. And two little things for me. One, I mean, Scary Terry, but more so Antonio Gibson especially with, with what we've seen from him last week. Um, and, and that D-line, it, it's fantastic, right? It, You're seeing one good. One of the best in the league. Yeah. And so they're the only team. Now, all four teams in that division have a negative uh, net points, but Washington's the closest to neutral at negative two. Every other team is a disaster in that division. And, and my whole thing is if they can win three of their next five, which I think they can, I think they can beat the Niners, the Panthers, and the Eagles. And I think if they win those three games, I think they can win the division. You know what, Tomes? I agree with you completely. I, I'm just, I'm just going to go with it. I think on paper, the Eagles should be the best team in the division with the best route to what's happening on paper. Unfortunately, the games aren't played on paper, and Carson Wentz is probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, which now with that being said, you have to throw your paper out the fucking window. With that said, I'm not even going to really expand on it. Everything that you mentioned is exactly what I feel. They have an above average to really good defense all around. Their D line is incredible as as you and Ian mentioned. And I had this down, Scary Terry and, and Gibson are two of the best skill position players in that division. And you know what? 
I know that the schedules, I didn't go that deep into it. I just think Washington's the best football team. Connor, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I my notes pretty much say the same things that you guys were just saying. I, I looked at the schedules a little bit and going through all these NFC East teams, I was like, oh, they'll probably be like two and three, one and four. Oh, okay. They'll probably be like two and three, one and four. Oh, okay. I did pretty much just did that five times, but they're deep. I mean, they're fourth and told to team defense. I mean, I think honestly, when your defense is that good, as long as you just do your best and not turn the ball over, you're going to be in games. And I think they do have enough pieces at those skill positions to be able to score points. I think what it's got to come down to, and this is pretty simple, right? I mean, when you're talking about bad football teams, which, which unit, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams is going to be the most consistent of, and of any of these groups, whether it's offense, defense, or special team, the most consistent is that Washington defense. You know, that Washington defense is legitimate. It is legitimate. You know, you talk about one of the best defensive lines going. Chase Young is ad, as advertised. That mm-hmm. guy is a damn animal. But, you know, it's not just him. You know, Kerrigan rotates in, Jonathan Allen. I mean, they're, Montez Sweat, who's an animal off the edge. You know, they are loaded. They are loaded there in Washington, and they are on to something. If they can get semi-competent play, and I'm going to get to this later with one of the next fill-in-the-blanks, uh, if they can get semi-competent quarterback play, then there's, without question, they have to be the favorite. I think we need to have a discussion about how good Terry McLaurin is because if, if Terry even got remotely remote consistent quarterback play, we are talking about one of maybe the five best wide receivers in football. This guy is unbelievable. He's like 90 yards a week locked in with that dumpster fire at quarterback. So Terry McLaurin is an animal and what Washington has done quietly has nailed some of those later picks. They're not just nailing the chase youngs and Montez sweats. They are nailing some of the later ones. So that's, that's a really good sign. They're legit. That defense is legit. They just need Alex Smith to keep them above water. I am with you guys all the way. I was thinking giants, but the whole Daniel Jones situation with him being out potentially it has to be Washington. No, yeah, and that's that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, how, how does that – did that not play a large factor in this? I mean, it looks like New York was starting to maybe get on somewhat of a roll here. Dallas had Daniel, a big win. Right? But with Daniel Jones out, I mean, they have Colt McCoy going in at, at quarterback? Yep. Yep. Correct. Yeah, and, and I think Ian's point is is the right one. There is nothing in this division where you look at a team and go, they're amazing at that. But with Washington – they do have that one thing and their defense is very good. And their skill position players are good. And Alex Smith has done this for years now, not after his broken leg, but he has done this for years where he has managed the football game. He has managed a good team to where not a title, but he's managed. Alex Smith isn't at that level anymore. I think if you're talking about, I I understand the league, you're talking, and, and and here's the thing, right? I mean, you have a division now where the quarterbacks are, as listed, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith. Only one of those guys was the starter heading into the season. And the worst part is, of that group, he's still probably the worst one. So that, for someone like Tomes, is really hard to hear, but I think that's sort of where we are. You know, the Alex Smith is... Alex Smith, the main thing with him is that he cannot throw you out of football games. I'm not convinced he can do that. I'd rather have someone like Dalton, but I'm rooting for him to do so. So I don't feel good about Washington, but I'm rooting for them to do so. 
has anyone ever said I'd rather have Dalton than anyone in the NFL? Connor, really quick. If Daniel Jones did not have a question mark beside his name this week, would you change your answer? Probably not, but I would have at least thought about it, right? I mean, the right when I read this, I knew exactly who was going in there because I felt like they had the most clear path, and I really don't know that anything's going to get in their way at this point, you know, barring any sort of injuries. Tom? Well, and I think that team is gen- – sorry to interrupt. I think that team yep. has genuine juice on offense, right? Like, Yeah, I do too. You know, if Jones is in – now, I think Jones stinks, but if Jones is in, he gives you a better chance than McCoy. And, and Gallman has turned into, like, the second coming of – You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Wayne yeah. Gallman is genuinely good. Sterling Shepard is fine. Evan Ingram is is a great athlete. And, and, and Slayton is good. So, in terms of weapons, they're right there. I mean, they're not on Dallas's level, but – that Dallas is a disaster for a whole different reason. Absolutely. And we, and we can yep. pin that solely on Mark, Mike McCarthy, but hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. But I, I just want to add one, one small thing. And I think that piece is Antonio Gibson. The fact that you can have a reliable run game and the fact that you can run the ball quite a bit. And then that, that allows you to open up the game by starting to get into play action and going over the top and stretching the field. Right. You know, you, you'd like to think that can happen in Dallas. Zeke's, having an off year if you want to call it that you know philly's got a great guy but doug does not want to put booby in does not want to run the ball oh we're gonna to get to that don't right worry. so uh, again uh daniel jones or not i still think washington man i i think uh i think it's in their it's in their grasp last well, point last point when, when when you talk about this stuff you have to discuss identity what team has an identity an identity that they can go into football games going, we are going to play this week, this week, like we play every week. Washington is the only team that has that consistent identity. None of the other teams do. I so think I think the Giants do have that identity now, but I think that the, the, the football team is just better at it than they are. So that would be my, my final point. But we got a lot here, boys. So let's get to number two. If you were drafting a fantasy uh, – uh, sorry, if you were doing a dynasty fantasy draft tomorrow – and had the chance to select wide receiver one, your selection would be who, Connor? I'm going to go with a guy that's not even in the NFL yet. I want Jamar Chase. He might be the best college wide receiver I've ever seen in my life, period. He would have been the number one receiver in this last crop of guys, and I don't even know that it would have been close. I think, and we were all surprised by what Jefferson's done this season. I was thinking about it when I was kind of reading over some stuff this morning. I legit think that with the out, you know, with the exception of that semifinal game where Jefferson had like four receiving touchdowns that he was just, you know, the, the show was stolen by Jamar Chase every night. I, I think it prevented him from truly shining because you're not going to take, you're going to take Chase out of one of those wide slots and move Jefferson over, you know, it just was, it wasn't going to work that way because he was that good. I, I think the main – I'm going to – I want to just rebound on Chase and then let's throw it to Tomes. My only concern is I want to know what – because he's not playing right now, right? Mm-hmm. He sat out. So I'd yep. love to know what – because football's so different, right? Like I feel like in other sports you can sit out and a lot of times you can make it back. I mean we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Now this kid's 20, so that's obviously different. But I, I just want to see it. I want to see how it looks. That like you can do all the training you want, nothing is going to live up to NFL speed and NFL game speed. And I'm just interested to see how that's going to affect his start. Tom's, what do you think? Who's your? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with all those points that you guys just made. I mean, we've all the four of us have all sat here and and discussed. You know, who is the best? Who do we want? 
et cetera, et cetera. But, and I don't know if it's basically a little bit of recency bias for me, but for me, it's Tyreek Hill right now. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I look at the, I look at what he's doing and I mean, he's only second to, to Adams in terms of averages on a fantasy spectrum. Mm -hmm. When you average it out, I mean, Adams has obviously missed some, some time, but when you average them out, he's only second to him, but he has a higher yards uh, receiving yards per game and a higher catch percentage during his career. Right. And I mean, he's the fastest guy in the NFL, the way I look at he's the cheetah. Right. And you look at who is throwing the ball to him and it is still until someone dethrones him, it's, it's the MVP Patty Mahomes. So for me, fantasy wise, especially if it's an, you know, half point PPR, let's say, right. I'm going Tyreek Hill all the way. I really like that answer. Ian, why don't you follow up here? This one's hard. Um, I'm lucky enough to have Tyreek and he's awesome. You know, I'd love, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he would be without Mahomes. Luckily I don't have to worry about that. Um, Cause he, there's such a perfect match. You know what I mean? Like there's some quarterbacks and some wide receivers that are such a perfect match, you know, and, and the other guys I'm going to mention seem like they're a perfect match too. I mean, other guys I thought of, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously he's the safe guy. Um, DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson, they seem like they're an absolute perfect match. Russ wants guys to go get it. DK goes and gets it. And then someone like AJ Brown, someone, you know, that Tannehill likes to throw those small eight yard slants. And then AJ just takes it to the house. Cause he's an animal, but my, I hate, I hate when you do this. I hate when you throw out a bunch of names and, and stuff like this, when we still have people to talk. But My and, answer. I hate is- that. My answer is the best fit with the with the quarterback. And the best fit with the quarterback is Devontae Adams. He's the best route runner in football. Uh, Aaron, I, it's close between him and Mahomes, but if you had to pick one guy to put the ball in a tight, tight window, I mean, it's 1A, 1B type situation, but Adams is so slick with his routes that Aaron can just put that ball wherever they want. And it's clockwork right now. I mean, and the other beauty of Devontae is that his improvement has been so drastic that you wonder if like, is he going to take one more step? You know, like that's the thing with Adams. Like I'm not convinced he's done. I think with Hopkins, obviously that's different. I think he is who he is, but with Adams, I think there may be one more step he can go. He's fantastic. It's Adams. The only thing that throws me off about Adams is the fact that he misses games, but Right now, it's Adams. That's the only thing, not the fact that Aaron Rodgers is like 40 years old and you're in a dynasty pool and you're going to have Jordan Love in two years. Yeah, but if I get three, if I get three more years of Rodgers, I get three years of potentially wide receiver one production every year from Adams. Adams is probably the first guy I thought of too, but he's 27. And as Ian has already articulately put, the right answer is DK Metcalf. The right answer is DK. The guy is an absolute specimen. He has Russell Wilson at 32 years old for at least with high production for the next four years, most likely with decent production for the next six. So what you're looking at now is an absolute animal who already has over a thousand yards receiving and nine touchdowns this year, right? Or uh, nine or 11 touchdowns. Um, My apologies. I'm spacing. And my number two was AJ because exactly what you said, because he does not need a an absolute stud quarterback to look Correct. good. He needs yeah. to catch the football and then run with the football. I, and so Tyreek was one. 
That God, one, Metcalf's I pro- only t- Metcalf's only twenty three guys. He's been in the, this oh. is just his second year. <laughs> so crazy. And man. the only one that I would probably give way to DK for is Tyreek. Yeah, because of the Mahomes factor. I obviously, you know, his he has enough issues as it is, and that would kind of deter me a little bit. But with all that being said, to me, my number one is DK. My number two was AJ Brown. But Tomes, you convinced me. I'll put Tyreek as a one B because of the Mahomes factor. Connor, before we move on, do you want to circle back with any of the things that we heard here? Yeah, I mean, Tyreek is insane. And I think that partnership with Mahomes, I mean, if you're drafting him in a dynasty league, you've got something great for the next, you know, for the next while. Um, The only reason that I didn't have him on my list is because of the off the field stuff. True. You know, that's one thing that always scares me about dynasty is I'd hate to wake up one summer and see that he got in some sort of trouble. And then I'm just on a guy. But. And look, he's he's 27 in a year. He is the fastest human in the league. By and far. you have to think, he's guys, all these guys are unstoppable in their own way. The oh, thing absolutely. with Tyreek, though, is that he's 27 in, what is it, five months or whatever it is. So what, what point does he stop being the fastest human on the field? I think that is sort of the question. I think the off-the-field stuff, I think they're pretty confident that he's turned a corner. Um but again, you never know, obviously. But there's no wrong answer here. There's no, no wrong answer here. No, that's a really good point because that's the first thing that normally goes. And that's what I love about DK is that in a league full of specimens, he's a specimen. Oh, my God. I among know. those players. So yeah, he's absurd. Let's throw to number three. The like most one. overrated quarterbacks in the NFL, and you have to name three, are who? Let's go to Ian first. Oh, I'm psyched about this. Okay, so I'm going to start but at make, number Make three. sure you name every quarterback in the NFL before you give your answer. No, to me, these three were easy. The last one was really hard because I had five guys. I didn't know how to narrow it down, but I didn't even mention Jamar Chase because that's 100% true. Um, I think number three is Matt Stafford. I think that for years and years and years, I've been a Matt Stafford defender, and He's somebody that was saddled with a horseshit team with a worse supporting cast and with a, with an offensive line, frankly, that never protected him. Now I, 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 all those things are still true, but at some point you just sort of are who you are. And I wonder if Stafford is just, it's the same, it's the Sam Bradford effect. I wonder if we keep giving him the benefit of the doubt, even if, you know, maybe he, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I used to think that Stafford was a Super Bowl potential winning quarterback and you know I know he's been beat up it's not his fault I I just don't see that that's the case anymore so I have Stafford at number three number two is easy that's Drew Brees I think that what you're seeing the Saints do which is bulldoze people with a guy who legit cannot throw now let's throw out the Denver game but Taysom made some plays the week before and the fact that you're seeing New Orleans you know chug along like this with a guy who legit cannot throw speaks to how good the team is without Breeze. So that puts him there. And, and, you know, and at what point do we just need to acknowledge that the guy is an all-time great, he's 40, but let's let it go. And to me, number one, and this is an easy choice, is Lamar Jackson. And to me, I am not off. I am not quitting on Lamar Jackson. But there is something clearly off here. And, hey, it could be the Ravens as a whole, right? It could be a whole lot of other stuff that's going on. Maybe the magic isn't there. But for right now, we need to stop pretending that Lamar is elite, that Lamar is the MVP of last year because he just is not that player. 
So, and this needs to translate. And then I promise I'll let you go. This needs to translate to how we bet because we keep betting thinking that last year's Lamar is coming. And the fact is he isn't. So to me right now, he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. Yeah. And he set the bar himself. Without he, question. He mm-hmm. set awesome. that bar. And that's, it's not, this isn't a knock. And, and I, I, and Ian, I didn't take it that the way that you said it was that you were knocking Lamar. It's just, you set, you set your own bar and you haven't met it. So that me, that is the definition of overrated is if you, if there's a bar that is set that everyone expects of you and you don't meet it, you're overrated. I think that what's, that's what makes Mahomes so unbelievable is that he set this stupid bar with his 55 touchdowns or whatever. Yeah. And then he just does it again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah. He keeps breaking through his bars. Tomes, let's go to you, buddy. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it a, a lot of different ways. I, I think, I think this season has, has affected the way I answer this question quite a bit. One of them being when, when, when you are paid like a top five highest quarterback in the league, you better perform like a top five highest paid quarterback in the league. So one of them for me was, was Jared Goff. Now, mm. Ooh, it was overrated. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why a little bit. He doesn't get all the praise in the world as, as this phenomenal elite quarterback, but he gets a lot of talk and, 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 and especially from, from, you know, his teammates and, and whatnot from the media. That there. he can get the job done. Right. Right. Yeah. Thomas? I mean, yeah. like he, he does, he, for me, he's surrounded by, a great cast and, and a, a great coaching staff and a fantastic defense. Right. And I think that somewhat inflated them a little bit. I mean, listen, he's the fifth highest paid quarterback in the league based on, on average salary and guaranteed money, right. For adjusted QB rating. I mean, he ranks 24th and 17th in completion percentage and 15th in average yards per game. And I, I look at all that and you can, you can use stats and, and, and to, to make any sort of point you, the way you want. But one of the things that, that stood out for me is he's one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the league. He's, he's not taking the hits. He's not feeling the pressures. Right. So to me, this is, it just screams, you know, dump off, dump off, dump off. Right. So that, that, that was definitely one of, one of the reasons for me. Who are your other two? Yeah. Go with your other two, buddy. So the other one, and again, this <laughs> we'll get to it. Hold on. But, By the way, Carson Wentz isn't overrated. He's properly rated as the worst quarterback in football. No. Okay. So you know what? I'll jump to Carson Wentz because he is on my list because this is a guy that's only a couple of years removed from having what would have been bearing his injury an MVP season. Correct. Okay. Um, this is also, I mean, who was it? Bruce Irvin that tweeted after that Seahawks game? His PFF grade. <laughs> not only he said, well, what he said, when's his cheeks? But this, so I, I had to do some digging and I, I actually found um, the NFL network when they do the specials on, on teams that, that win Super Bowls. And I can't remember what the series is called. Um, it, it'll come to me. But anyway, Bruce Irvin was one of the players interviewed in that special after that Carson Wentz season. And he <laughs> said that Carson Wentz was probably one of, if not the greatest quarterback in the NFL at that time. So I kind of laugh when I see guys, you know, praising him and then, you know, he's down and out and it's very easy to take shots at him. But I think one of the biggest issues for me is you go from a, from potentially having an MVP season to a couple of years later, being the leader in interceptions, being 27th in adjusted QBR and forget about all the injuries on the offensive line. 
one of the biggest things is, is quarterbacks and, and their offensive coordinators or head coaches for this matter in Philadelphia with Doug calling the plays. You are sitting there and you're building plays and schemes based off of your strengths. And they've talked about last week, you know, when going back and looking at that MVP caliber season and developing a play call system based around that. And what the hell did we see Monday night? Garbage again, like absolute hot garbage. Hey, really quick, because I know you're an Eagles fan. Is this your tirade to blame Doug Peterson or is this your tirade to blame Carson Wentz? Oh, I can I can go into so many things, blame, blaming Howie, blame Doug, blaming blaming Carson. I think up until Monday night, I was very cr- critical of Carson Wentz and the way he's been playing because there's no there's no excuses for him anymore. But I think at this point, we're at the point where 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 Doug needs to be taking the majority of this blame here now. And yet, one thing, one, and yet Wentz on. is still. Top most overrated quarterback. Oh, he, he was third for me. The other one was Dan. <laughs> the other one was Daniel Jones. Du- See, to me, Doug Peterson, though, Doug Peterson should not be an NFL coach. And no, I don't ag- I don't agree with that. And I'll tell you why. I but, think he does a good job managing overall. I think Doug should no longer be calling plays. But or then, at least I think I think they need a true offensive coordinator there. Why have an offensive coach? who specialized in offense, if that person is not going to call the place. To me, that just seems redundant. Then be, then you're uh, all, of your, all of a sudden. Then you're Matt Nagy. Right. All of a sudden, what you do is you bring in a coordinator that your coach is peeking over at their play sheet all the time. And that is that is just not going to work. I, I, I agree with you. They are both to blame. But we also need to throw a shout out here to Howie Roseman. Yeah, that's what I say. Absolutely. It is It is a collective failure. It because is a collective I, failure. Everyone talks about how Carson's I, on the hot seat and, and Doug's on the hot seat. How is hot? How is Howie not on the hot seat for a lot of these things? And you, you've you had watch, him on the hot seat all year. You watch Jalen Rager, right? You watch Jalen Rager and you watch Justin Jefferson. Rager doesn't separate from anybody. And that was his skill. No, so what are we talking about? I'm not. I'm yeah, not. But killing then, Rager but then yet. again, like you draft Jalen Rager because his because of his ability to stretch the field, to go deep, and to separate. Now, is it because he's been injured and he's not um, he's not 100 in terms of his conditioning? Could be part of it. Is it part of the way that he's being used in the offense? That could be another part of it as well, too. It's the fact that Carson can't throw. Well, that's. That's a, that's a whole. Well, what he can't do is throw the ball away. I've never seen a quarterback hold the ball longer than him. But I'm not even going to let you talk about Daniel Jones because I can't believe you put him in the overrated category when he's, he's not even he's not even rated. So Connor, let's get to your three. Uh, my first two are guys that we've already touched on. I won't talk about them too much here, but you guys were absolutely right about Breeze. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that you know he has a guy like Thomas that can run one of the best slant routes that I've ever seen, him throwing wounded ducks but then getting praised in every single pregame show ever is just banana land to me. Um, you know, I, I also had Jared Goff in there literally because of what Tom said, right? I mean, if you're getting paid like that, you need to perform and you just aren't getting what you're paying for, like period. Uh, the... My number one right now is Tom Brady because of how bad he's been the last five weeks. Fair. It's been really, really bad. And with those weapons, if you can't throw the ball to a wide open receiver, just 20 yards downfield, that's a problem. And he was, you praised Tom Brady like four weeks yeah, ago on here. Sure did. And then it's, Hey, it's been a hell of a four weeks guys. It's, it's great. 
Great to talk to you again. A lot of stuff has changed. <laughs> I found out I'm having a boy, Tom Brady. Congratulations. Can't throw the football. It, it, it's it's banana land it's actually insane it's been so bad it's like that bears game happened and the switch just went off and now his brain just doesn't work and his arm doesn't work none of it works he's so, a, he's got to reinvent the tb12 method or something because i don't think whatever elongating of muscles he's been doing it is not working anymore so i'm gonna jump in here quick guys because my number one was lamar like again i didn't do it one two three i did Easy answer, fun answer, probably the right answer. The easy answer to me, which, as you could say, probably number one, is Lamar. Because he set his own bar. He was the MVP. He was in the top five conversation, basically top three, and with no doubt. It wasn't like, oh, he may not be. It was like, no, he's there, and he's had a shit year. So Lamar is in there. I I want to talk about the word overrated quickly. Because I didn't have Goff or Breeze in my overrated category. Because I think a little bit differently. The Goff thing, he is the most overrated quarterback by his own team. That is without question. And that is, that's true because of his contract. Breeze is different. I think anyone who watches football, understands football, knows that he is properly rated as a middling to below average quarterback who can run an offense. Where he's not, where he is definitely overrated is with the general population. That's why you get these massive promos before games and the drew Brees is the best human being since jesus that's when you get that kind of stuff that's when he's overrated not as not as a football player by people who watch football so that's why i didn't include him here so my fun answer is josh allen because i think that he is getting buzzed and he was getting buzzed as an mvp candidate we talked about this before and i just think that he's a good quarterback he should never be mentioned in the top five he should never be mentioned as an MVP candidate because that's it's Josh Allen. He's a roller coaster. Even when he's playing well, he doesn't he doesn't make it look good. And even when he's playing bad, he makes it look great to be bad. Like that's who Josh Allen is. So that's why I think that he is the fun answer for overrated. And this is going to hurt. But probably the right answer is Deshaun Watson. Because I asked you, Ian. Earlier, that is this- absolutely a, an absolute. I'm not letting you get that is a moronic take. No, it's not. That is, yes, it is. He is no. the fourth ranked quarterback on Pro Football Focus right now, and he plays Great. with nobody. He he doesn't play with nobody. Isn't Will Fuller a number one wide receiver in your books? Yes, he has yes. no running backs, a shambles offensive line, the worst, maybe the worst coach in the NFL in the last five years, with the exception of Adam Gase. Like. The team has traded away draft picks like they don't mean anything. Probably the right oh, answer because he, he has talked about, hold on, hold on. Because he has talked about as one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's because done he is. nothing, nothing, with, with, with nothing. nothing. The reason for has been all, so good is because proving, he's boosted his stock. All you're proving, all you're proving by this is the fact that A, you should never ever discuss football at any moment. And that we should move on. This is a this is an absolutely egregious take. No, it's not egregious take. He he has had good teams. He has not done anything with it. There I are love, three quarterbacks no, in no. football better than him. John, no, that's by it. PFF. They have end, don't end even don't 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 no 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 We read through the quarter the cornerbacks on PFF grades, and there were like five where you were like, "There, Jimmy Smith is seventh. So stop this. What quarterback is what quarterbacks are better than Deshaun Watson? What do you mean? What quarter? Again, I think that Go he ahead. is a very good quarterback. What I think he's in the top ten, but he is not in the top five. Holmes, Rogers, 
Yeah, I'm not. Stop, stop, stop. Russell. You're fucking me up now. Just, that's it. Just stop. He is the Matt Stafford of this generation. Wow. That's what he is so far. This he guy doesn't have Matt a Stafford. fucking clue. He has a not lot of clue. And you so far has not done anything with Not him. a fucking hasn't clue. Hasn't done anything. He should not be just penned in to a top five quarterback in the that NFL. That dude's in Sharpie. He he's no, in he's, Sharpie. But he's not. He's not in Sharpie. He All hasn't right. made it out of the first round. What so do you mean? With that Sharpie. trash team. So on to the next one, because Sean doesn't know what he's talking about. On to the next one. The, the team in the best shape to be a frisky playoff contender now, but a Super Bowl contender in a year, is blank. Connor, who is your team? I'm going with the Cardinals. I mean, their their defense has improved big time, big time, big time, big time since last season. And I love the way that they're built with these super, super fast, hard-hitting guys. I mean, their defense plays as fast as some of these offenses are playing right now, and it's awesome to watch. And they have their first, second, and third round picks this next year. I mean, and you, you got to think Speaking of right- Houston, they have Houston's picks too. Yep. <laughs> You, who you, doesn't? Who doesn't have Houston's picks? Oh my yeah, apologies. They they only gave up a <laughs> sorry. Houston has their second round pick for probably the, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. My apologies. I but, cut you off there, Connor. No, it, all good. But they they have three picks in the top three rounds this next year. You got to figure they're gonna get get at least two guys that are gonna be able to plug and play right away. I mean, I, I they have a top five quarterback. Speaking of top five quarterbacks, they they have that figured out. You know, this is what happens when you have a competent guy running your team and you don't have a Bill O'Brien turning it into a dumpster fire around a good quarterback. What do you think, Tom's? Yeah, no, it's just I won't touch more on it, but I, I completely agree with Connor. I, I had Arizona as well, too. We talk, we have spoken about them on this podcast a couple times over the last few episodes that, that the four of us were on together. I mean, we said this is a young team that's shown a lot of promise and I think a lot earlier than, than expected. Or, or anticipated and and with Kyler Murray with the keys I mean th- there's so much possibility with this team uh so I, I won't add more to that three for three here boys I had the Cardinals as well and I, I really like what I see out of their defense and it, 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 I, I was very critical of Isaiah Simmons but I really liked what I've seen he can move and he's no. bigger he's bigger than I thought he was he, he can really move and you know what just to add a little bit before we get to Ian Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray had the exact same amount of playoff win totals. Zero. Ian? This guy's <laughs> a fucking moron. No, and I'm serious. I'm serious. Like he, If you think that way and you talk to actual NFL people and follow NFL people, if they listen to that, they'd honestly be convinced that he's never watched a football game in his life. Wait, I, yet everyone I, here knows I, that I have. So I love the identity that, they, that it's speed. But since you guys all went to Arizona, I'm going to go Buffalo. And the reason I like Buffalo is because we talk about we talk about management and coaching staff having their act together. And Sean McDermott is the perfect coach for that football team. He is a guy that loves the swagger that his players play with. He's not a kind of guy who puts dudes in a box, but he's also not a guy who's going to take flack either. And I think someone like McDermott and what Bean has done up top, that is a team that has their act together. And if they continue to draft and develop, I think they're right there. The Stefan Diggs trade was unbelievable. Now worked out for Minnesota because Jefferson's fantastic, but Stefan Diggs is maybe the best wide receiver the bills have ever had. You know, you, you probably get some Andre Reed in there, but he is Everything is advertised. And I think with Buffalo, that defense is going to get better. They were too good last year. Leslie Frazier's a good coordinator. 
they are somewhere that they're going to be frisky this year, but they're going to continue to get better. And Josh Allen is going to be the catalyst of that. He needs to continue to get better. This year is a giant leap from where he was last year. He's probably a top 10 guy right now. He has to keep getting better, solidify himself as like eight, seven, eight range. And they're in a really good spot. Can, can I just concede something with, with a question to Ian? Stefan Diggs has been incredible this year. Can I ask one question as I'm conceding my Stefan Diggs point? Has he been better this year with Buffalo? Probably a Josh Allen reason, but has he been better this year with Buffalo than he has been in the past with Minnesota? Has he been Maybe. more diverse? Maybe, but I think it's because you don't have Adam Thielen on the other side. Yes. So you're not, you, there's, you're not, um, you're not splitting your offense in half. There's a clear hierarchy. And look, while we're on Minnesota, Kirk Cousins has been fantastic. And I can't stand Kirk Cousins. The last five weeks of Kirk Cousins has been like unbelievable. You know, we, we if if Minnesota finds a way to get in, Dalvin Cook is going to get a lion's share of the credit and rightfully so. But Kirk Cousins has been fantastic. But I mean, but the reason digs to get back to that, the, the targets are there. The targets are there and Josh Allen's willing to throw him the football. That's what it comes down to. Not we got put in a box. Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, He's we too got- good down deep. We got a few more, so so let's uh, let's keep pushing on. And this one I, I really like too. James Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Antonio Gibson. Pick one to start your dynasty team with. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, this is pretty easy for me. I want the best running back of the group. I want Swift. You were talking about how PFF doesn't always paint a full picture, and I don't think that they've necessarily done that with Swift and how good he is when he actually gets in a rhythm and gets touches. Um, I want Swift. The only guy that was close for me was Gibson, just because I know you can also run him out into the slot and put him in a wide receiver role. If you guys, you know, you're running a four minute offense, but Swift. Yeah. I I really wanted to pick Gibson as well because of his, his versatility. Um, but just watching some games lately, I got to go James Robinson. I really like what he's doing there. I mean, he's getting plenty of opportunity and he's showing up week after week. I mean, he's averaging, roughly just over 80 yards a game right now uh over four and a half yards on a shit offense and four and a four point six yards per rush too right i think it's good for top five if i'm not mistaken and you know he is on a team with with good options at, at the wide receiver position of course and like you said not not the best quarterback not the best overall offense but he's continuing to get opportunities he's continuing to show up and he's continuing to get the job done I think to me, the best pass catcher is Elair. The best throwback, if this was five years ago, is James Robinson. The best dual threat is Gibson. The best all around guy is probably Swift. But I got to go Gibson because I love that he can just do both at such an elite level that. You know, it's it's like McCaffrey in a way. I'm not saying he's McCaffrey, but it's McCaffrey in a way where it's like, I can do both. I don't need to base my offense off a guy who only does one thing. Alaire's better pass catcher. Robinson's a better throwback. And I think the problem with Swift, Swift to me, I adore that kid. I just haven't seen him enough yet. Now, if you ask me this question in three weeks, maybe we're having a different discussion. To me right now, it's Gibson by a hair. I, I completely agree with you, Ian. And uh, so I, I guess I know something about football. I, I had DeAndre Swift as my the highest upside, but you can't just draft on upside. You have to draft on what you've seen and what you know. 
and this might be unfair to James Robinson, but I, I, I guess I'm going to pick someone in Washington, but someone in Jacksonville doesn't scream out appealing, right? You never, the, the turnover there, everything that's going on. You, I want nothing to do with that. I'm going to pick Gibson. And I actually had written down that his versatility is, is very, very special. I, again, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I think uh, CEH is the best pass catcher. I think that James Robinson is the best runner between the tackles, but I think that Gibson brings the best of both worlds to that. I, I actually, when he runs between the tackles, he kind of reminds me of baby Zeke, right? It's just kind of for a guy who is short, but bulky, he makes people bounce like nothing. And he can turn a four yard run into a 12 yard run really, really efficiently, but he can also run, get outside and make things happen. So to me, I would pick Gibson. And, but all of these guys are, I think, going to be very good in the NFL in their own right. I found it interesting that Taylor and Akers weren't mentioned in this, although based on what we've seen in the NFL so far, they probably don't deserve to be. Reich's, Reich's got questions with, with Taylor, obviously, and some, some confidence issues, maybe let's say, and I think. And fumble the football. Yeah. You can't put the ball in the carpet. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. And I think Akers, I think we're maybe starting to see obviously a little bit more from him, which is fantastic. He got off to a real questionable slow start in my mind. So. Yeah. I think acres to uh, injuries and Connor would speak to acres more because he's a Florida state lifer, but uh, injuries a little bit uh, that backfield was kind of a mess for a while. And I think what you're going to see is acres, maybe pull away. I think acres in a way almost had early what Dalvin Cook's issue was at Florida state, where it was like, it's either an absolute home run play or it's tackle for loss. So, you know, Acres has that, had that a little bit early on. I, Connor would I'd like to ju- him jump in on Acres, but you know, that's sort of where I am with those guys. I think you see this a lot with college guys where they knew that on any given play in college, they could turn it from a three yard run into a 90 yard run and they don't quite learn to, okay, I'm just, I know I can get four here. I'm going to hit this hole. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to put my team in a good position and second down. And I think that's something that we saw acres kind of struggle with the first little bit was not knowing when to just kind of take his medicine and say, okay, it's my job to kind of keep this offense churning. And I need to just get these four yards instead of maybe taking the low percentage play, trying to bounce outside and then going down the sideline. Um, one other thing I do want to say about Gibson real quick, guys, I, for a guy that took next to no snaps at running back, seeing the way that he's played this position True. in the NFL, we have no idea what his ceiling is either. And that's something that's super, you talked about ceiling show. We have no idea how high this guy's ceiling is. And I mean that in a good way. I, I'd love to see Gibson just bust through the ceiling and end up being the best back out of this group of guys. All right. Next one the best realistic destination for Clemson star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence is again, realistic. It it can't be Kansas city. So uh, Connor, why don't you start the best realistic one? I mean, I, I kind of got to go Jacksonville just because I have no faith that the jets are going to nail their coaching hire. I mean, it's that simple for me. I, I could see the jets doing something really dumb, like being like, well, what if we gave Patricia a chance, right? Uh, maybe it's different for us. That'd be pretty cool. What, I mean, that was a different situation. Why can't he do good for us? You know, I could see Jacksonville, you know, and I, I really do think that, you know, I could see Jacksonville drafting their quarterback, bringing him in and saying, hey, which coaches have you worked best with and why? And then trying to bring in a guy based on that, you know, do 
I, I don't think Urban ends up going there, but would Jacksonville be a team that tried to kick the tires on Urban Meyer and say, hey, let's make an inspired hire. Let's give him a shot. Are they the team that goes out and gets Riley? Uh, I think I think Meyer's too, I need to be in the spotlight yeah, type guy. I don't think he gets that in Jacksonville. I agree. I mean, I, I think Urban, I mean, we, we've USC. talked about this plenty. Ur, yep, Urban's a guy that's never actually had to build a college team. He's not going to go somewhere where he has to start from the ground up, especially in the NFL. But but point being, I think they're the team that would make an inspired hire and actually listen to the quarterback that they got that they drafted because they want to have a great future with him. Sean. Ian, you did a great job on the fill in the blanks. But I have to, I got to call out one thing here. Realistic kind of killed this because there's only two options that's realistic, and it's the Jets and the Jags. There's a 0% chance that those two teams, when it combines seven games over the next however many weeks, five weeks, to actually make this, you know, competitive. And, you know, because you got the Browns with two wins, they're not taking, or sorry, the Bengals with two wins, they're not taking a quarterback. The Chargers with three wins, they're not taking a quarterback. You have to assume that the Eagles and, well, maybe the Eagles, you have to assume the Cowboys and the Eagles won't take a quarterback. So uh, the the best answer is Denver because they have a great team to put around him with Sutton and Judy and Melvin Gordon and Lindsay and that defense, which is still very, very good, but the, the realistic it's the jets like that. That's if he's going first overall, he's going to the jets because, and I just love to see the world burn. So put him on the jets. Originally, I was going to say, can he just stay in college? That's his best destination. <laughs> that was my second answer. My, I'm yeah, not like joking. my first answer, legit, is just he's stay. A, is he a junior? He is a junior, right? He could stay one more year. He could sit out a year. He could even sit out. Yeah, he like, could. like I, I honestly looked at this and I'm like, if, 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 if the Jags somehow managed to get that first overall pick, I, I agree with Connor. I think it's a great fit for him, right? You, you, you start building coaching staff around, around your guys, just like they did with Kyler Murray, right? It's a great opportunity. You have some pieces there with, with Chark, Chano and James Robinson, like we mentioned already too. And, I like Chano too. Yeah. And, and you start, you know, trying to, trying to, via trade free agency draft, you know, start building a better offensive line and support and give him supporting cast. Right. But like, is it crazy to think, I mean, I think because of how good he is and his potential and, and he is the unconsensus uh, number one pick, right. You, you go to the draft, but when's the last time we've seen a player go into the draft Tell a team he does not want to get drafted by them. Eli. gets drafted by yeah. them and demands a trade. We haven't seen it since Eli. Eli. Right. And then, and then could, uh, Elway before him. Could, could, so, could, we, could we potentially see something like that now? And, and I guess if, if you're the Jets, I mean, you don't really care because your team's a dumpster fire, but I guess are you over Sam Darnold? Is it done? Is the Sam Darnold? Oh, yeah. No, over? it's done. It's done. And I, I don't think Sam Darnold's done. I, if I was, well, Denver, I don't think he's done either. That's why. Right? If I was Denver, I would bring him in. Let's see. If you can beat Drew Locke out in camp, job's yours. Yeah. Now, to me, this is why I love this question because I knew that you guys were going to look at it from the Jets and Jacksonville perspective, but let me throw it to you this way. Joe Burrow's hurt and I'm not going where you think I'm going, but there's a universe where they stay at two wins and maybe the Jets pull off a win or two. Jacksonville pulls off one more and they're in this weird tie where they have to be, it has to be decided one way or the other. So my universe is the Bengals find a way to shit the bed enough to get number one again. And to me, the most fun team 
is the Washington football team trade up a la RG3 to get Lawrence. You give, if you give Terry McLaurin, Trevor Lawrence, we are talking about, we, we, we I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I think the world would explode. Now, how likely is this? I would probably put it at 5% that Cincinnati can suck enough to suck enough to suck with those other teams. But it's not totally inconceivable. And I would love to know what the package would be because it would be hilarious. Hilarious. Because if you're the Bengals, you're like, okay, I want Chase Young and all your picks. So, you know, it, it would be super interesting. That to me is the most fun. I'd love to see the football team after they rebrand, get that stupid name out of there. I'd love to see a real quarterback there. It'd be fun. So, but who's your best realistic team then? Because that's not realistic. Well, it's not unrealistic. Denver is unrealistic. You said 5%. Chase Young and all the picks. Who's the best realistic team? Well, Cincinnati right now is what? The third worst team in the league. It's not inconceivable that they could suck enough to get to number one. Then they'd have to trade the pick. You know, the Jets aren't fun. The Jets aren't fun. The Jags aren't fun. This, at least in my scenario, it's possible and fun. That's what we're here for. Possible and fun. Um, Gun to your head. You know what? Before I get to this question, really quick, round the horn. You have the first overall pick. Are you taking Fields or Lawrence? Lawrence. Lawrence. Fields. I knew Connor would go Fields. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, I have no opinion. Uh, And how long would you be the GM for? 69 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys. Gun to your head. You can pick one cornerback to cover the following. DeAndre Hopkins in the first quarter. Keenan Allen in the second quarter. Tyreek Hill in the third. And DK Metcalf in the fourth. What cornerback are you trusting to get the job done? Before you guys jump in, I want to hear what you guys think. The whole purpose of this question is, can you have a corner that can deal with the size of Hopkins, the elite route running of someone like Keenan Allen, the shiftiness, the pure speed of Tyreek Hill, and then the physicality of someone like Metcalf. So Connor, why don't you jump in first? I mean, I think the easy answer is Jalen, just because we've seen him shut down Metcalf, right? And I mean, the the only guy that actually scared me on this, like scared me, scared me on this list for him was Tyreek just straight up burning him. But yep. Jalen's football IQ is so insane that he's going to know when he has help over the top and he's going to know what side of the field to force him to. Um, in all reality, one-on-one, there probably isn't a guy, but it, it for me, it's Jalen. It, I'm going to let you guys go before go ahead. I just start go, naming a bunch of dudes. Go ahead, Ian. The answer is probably Jalen just because he can play so many different ways. I mean, to me, he's the closest thing to Rebus that we've seen where like you watch a football game and for four quarters, you just don't see him. It's like, he's not on the field, but it's, but he also, what he does is the guy he's covering isn't on the field either, you know, and you watch and you're like, you know, for an hour and you're watching the game 60 minutes and you're like, I've not seen Jalen Ramsey on the screen even once. And it's because I, you know, I was watching, because I started him this week in fantasy because, you know, I had guys hurt or whatever. So I'm like, okay, is Jalen going to get any tackles? And he's not on the screen at all. So easy answer is probably Jalen. It's probably the right answer. Again, I, I worry about Tyreek with him. But, you know, you can't sleep on Alexander too. He was my other guy. So, Tomes, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know what, Ian? You nailed it. Like when you were talking about trying to deal with the speed of Hill and the size of Metcalf and 
and and all the intangibles there. Like I looked at, at Alexander, I looked at Ramsey as well too. I mean, we we always look at him as 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 the poster child for for the quarterback position. You know, I looked at Xavier Rhodes as well too. Mm. For, for for me and Xavier, hold on, Xavier Rhodes or Xavier Howard? Sorry, both, so Xavier both of them are having Rhodes. Amazing years, by the and, way, but but this is what I want to mean. This is my pick is what I think right now, and he's just completely blown everybody out of the water, and it's the top one cornerback, and it's Xavier Howard. Ah, okay. Got okay? It. I mean, beast. this man is absolutely possessed beast on a, a mission beast. right now to be the top one cornerback in the season. I mean, 15 pass deflections, seven interceptions. It's not crazy to think that this guy can finish with 10 picks, and I think that's only because he doesn't get the respect of a lot of these other players do, so he continues to get tested game after game after game, and he's shown up, right? I, I, and again, I don't like to look too much into PFF, but I, I had to go in and, and look at, at some of the numbers. So early or through week seven, they had him rated as an, at, a, at an 80, which would have been good for, I believe, eighth or ninth overall. Mm-hmm. Through 12 weeks, he's 86.6, which gives him second, right? So, you know, player guys are ch- catching, you know, approximately 40% of their passes on him. I, I think he's the one guy... And again, recency bias, but but he has shown me that that he can he can hang with the big ones, and we'll see when when Miami plays Kansas City how he does against Tyreek Hill, because I would imagine he's going to be the one that has to end up covering him. Oh God, uh, Tyreek would cook Byron Jones, so it better be Howard. I almost went cute here. I almost said, you know, doesn't have to be in the NFL right now. Like, can I pick Dion? But I'm not going to do that. I have a question though. How high would Tre'Davious White? been on our list 12 months ago because it's got to be high pretty high it's got to be high like that guy's had a fall from grace and i love the way he plays football uh you guys already said it all um to me jalen's the easy answer um speaking of pff ranked 18th but when you don't get thrown against it's tough to get a grade Uh, the guy's off the screen and i think just off the screen the only guys that I think could could even remotely do this, like if they did this, like as a Pro Bowl activity, the only guys you could that could you could say to do this. And I think this is what it comes down to: is maybe Xavier Howard could. It's possible. Jair, La- Steph, Stephon Gilmore last year for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. Darrell Revis in his prime for sure, and Jalen. Right, like you know, Alexander is possible. Xavier's possible, but we're talking about three no. But guys I see, I see what you're talking. I see where you're going 15, now. In the last yeah. 15 years, I mean, Darrell Revis is the best cornerback I ever saw. But you know, they're only those guys are just you're out of the picture. Yeah, you don't exist today. No, I, I agree with you 100. No, and I I kind of cut jumped the gun there on where you're going with it. But you're right. Of the past two decades, those are the guys that come to mind. But uh, yeah, I take I take Jalen as well. Uh, Pierre Desir was a close second. So let's get to the last couple. Blank are the team that's going to end up with an awesome regular season record and completely shit the bed in the playoffs. Connor, what team is going to shit the bed in the playoffs but it's going to have an awesome record in the regular season? This stinks because I was really looking forward to seeing how much better this defense could be this season after how well they were last, how well they played last year. It's the bills for me. I mean, I I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to have a really good record and I think they're going to be out in the first round. Well, I'll jump in here. To me, it's the saints Mm. and it's not, it's not because of the Taysom Hill. Can we put 
Jameis fucking Winston in the game, please. Like, I know he's winning games, but enough. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, that's just my tangent. Um, it's the Saints. This is what they do. They're great until they aren't. It's the Saints for me, Tom's. I mean, I, I looked at a, a couple different situations here too, and I don't know. For for me, I'm with Connor. It's 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 the Bills right now. I I, I just I I can't completely trust them. I mean, they have shown me fantastic things, and they look great, and they play in a division again with with a team where they're going to be twice every year with the Jets, and 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 a team with Miami who looks to be again ahead of schedule. But um, no, for me right now, it's it's still the lonely Bills. Sign it off, Ian. I think it's Seattle. I think the thing Ooh, that good the good thing answer. That, That's a good thing one. that worries me about Seattle. Now, Russell Wilson is he's unbelievable, man. And he, you know, there's so many good quarterbacks in the league right now. And Deshaun Watson. There's not a lot of guys. <laughs> there's not a lot of guys that you have to tune in on every Sunday. And Russ is one of them. Kyler's one of them. Mahomes is one of them. You know, like, you know, that's the group, you know, Rogers, obviously. And he's unbelievable, but that defense is so bad. Now we did see a very good version of Jamal Adams last week. They need much more of that, but they, that a defense that bad makes me nervous. So I got Seattle. Can, can I give a dishonorable mention? Sure. The Cleveland Browns. Mm. So, so now, as now, in, now, as now, as a new I understand, like, as the way it stands right now, the Browns would play the Bills. But if things did change and the Browns did find a way to move out of that position or if the Bills did move down, like, that Browns team too, man. I don't know. They stink. That's a fake team, right? Like, they stink. I hate Baker Mayfield. But they can run the football and Miles Garrett is an animal. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God, he's unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. By the way, last thing, I think think there's a genuine case for Nick Chubb to be the best running back outside of the Cook Henry in the NFL. But I thought, uh, but I thought you didn't you have. I thought that you had Hunt as the best running back on that team a couple uh, a little while ago. I know he was Chubb was hurt. Oh my God! Did you change your stance, or is is this like a thing? The last two weeks, Nick Chubb is just like Uh, uh, like otherworldly, like unbelievable. You know, I mean, we talk we talk Cook, Henry, McCaffrey, and we're like, okay, that's the upper echelon. And then you see Chubb, and you're like, we need to change what we're doing. Maybe get that guy the ball. All right, two quick bonus ones, boys, before we get to picks. Staying on this teams that can do things in the playoffs topic, the most fun team that is currently outside of the playoffs looking in is? Oh, Minnesota, for sure. I think I'd love to see Minnesota get in. I would love to see those two receivers go to battle with whomever, honestly. I mean, the Rams would be great. You know, I'd love to see those both those guys. Kirk Cousins is playing great, and I'd love to. See, I love Dalvin Cook. Can't help it. So it's Minnesota to me. For me, it's the Niners, just because they've had so many injuries. If they could manage to pull this off and get into the playoffs, that'd be insane. Oh, dude, they don't die. No, nope. no, they don't. They don't die. They they show what I don't know what Shanahan's putting in the water, but they show up every week for that guy. It's insane. Michael's secret juice. Go ahead, Tom's. For me, it's the Chargers. I mean, they're a fun team to but watch. They can't I, get in. That's what I'm just saying. It's just they're, they're the most their coach fun. Won't let them get in. The most fun <laughs> team to watch that should be like seven and three, like or seven and five. Like this team just finds ways to not win, not to lose, just to not win. The Chargers was the answer, but because they literally can't get in, I, I couldn't have them there. So yeah. to, me, to me, it's the Ravens. 
It has to be. Big game Lamar, all those expectations, the glee from people who wrongly described him as a running back who see him duck a throw to the glee of people who see him as a quarterback when he hits a 50-yard bomb to Hollywood Brown. I just think they're good but have been unlucky. But how good are they? They were, speaking of overrated, yikes. Uh, the, the Niners were my second answer. They've been through a lot. So let's get to the final bonus question. I actually have written down the first question, but we're going to change it. If you could egg any NFL owner, coach, or player's house really hard with no consequences and unlimited eggs, it would be who, Tomes? Wow. There was a guy that entered his way into my top three list after last week, but that's neither here nor there. And that's <laughs> Jamal Adams trying to do the bird after that. I, I, I will never forget that. Okay. For the record. But Fine, for my T- T-O, yeah, T-O this is that. the clearest. There's no question. If ands are about it, I would get a couple of my Eagles buddies. I'd get a truck full of eggs and we would be going straight to Jerry's house and egging Jones's house with as many possible eggs as I could. There's no question about it. You'd Jerry need, Jones. You, you'd need truckloads, Ian. Yeah, but he's got a big house. Yeah. Uh, this one was hard. This one was hard because, you know, let's be honest. The NFL has its history with, uh, you know, some not-so-nice people have, have come through the ranks there. Um, it's got to be... Oh God. You know, I, I wanted to say, I wanted to say, um, Cal McNair who runs the Texans, um, because of what he allowed to happen under his watch and how they treated, you know, they, they don't deserve to own a franchise with how they've run that thing. So Cal McNair's up there. Um, John Elway though, is my number one. Really? Wow. I think John Elway was a hell of a quarterback. Maybe one of the, maybe one of the two or three best. Um, he just seems like such a pompous dick. <laughs> and, you know, he's been riding that 2015 <laughs> title or whatever it was for how long, you know, and the drafting record is terrible for the most part. All it's got better lately. And, you know, he's a MAGA guy. He's just a douche. John Elway. Can I say a guy that's an analyst? Because I really just want to egg Terry Bradshaw's house for making me watch all those shingles <laughs> commercials. Like if I saw one more commercial where he talked about how he had shingles and he was talking to someone who doesn't know what the internet is, like I was going to lose it. I'm just so happy those commercials are off the air now. Can I, can I just say him? I had you another can. answer, but the more I think about those shingles commercials, the more he pisses me off. So no. well, from all accounts, Terry's a good guy though. Yeah, it's fine, but like those commercials are kind of gross. And, you know, I don't want to. Mm, at, nope. At least he won't chase you down the street. He'll just clean it off and wave at you as, as you go by. Um, mine's Antonio Brown. Fuck that guy. All right, let's get the picks. <laughs> this week, we have the Saints visiting the Falcons. The Falcons are getting three points at home. The over under is 46. Now, everyone, please. We know that when we give these lines, this is lines as of Thursday. Last week, we won the Seattle bet when we all took it because it was five at the time, and then it went to six and a half. That's your problem, not ours. Uh, Again, Saints at Falcons. Falcons getting three points over under 46. Ian, we'll throw to you first. What do you got? So this line confuses me a bit. Because the Falcons destroyed the Raiders last week, we're bumping this down to just three. Is this a result of the fact that Taysom Hill was 
you know, kind of sort of almost outplayed by a practice squad wide receiver in the first half of last week's game, you know, like, I don't know. Why is this line so small? I mean, the saints have proven that with this new system between Hill Kamara and Lat Murray, that they can score points. They just do it differently. Um, I think it's a little bit of recency bias, but I, I do think the Saints defense is good enough to deal with a suddenly awful Matt Ryan. Um, it, I think it is going to kind of depend if Julio plays. I think he was limited or didn't practice today. So, you know, if Julio plays, that takes Marshawn Lattimore out of the equation and Calvin can Calvin Ridley can kind of go crazy and, you know, they can sort of get it that way. Atlanta's kind of tough to play at home, but I got the Saints here. I mean, I don't want to overthink this. I, I just think they're better. I, I think it's a push at worst. So I got the Saints here. I hate the Falcons. I'm falling for it. I'm falling for it. The Falcons I, hate the Falcons. I know they hate themselves, and I hate myself for sort of sort kind of talking myself into the fact Their that they fans might be able definitely to... hate them for whatever that's worth. All three of them hate them. They sure do. But man, like I just they're probably better than their record. I got the over and I'm going to take the Falcons because I hate the fact that the saints aren't getting the ball to Kamara nearly as much with Taysom Hill under center. Fair. Come on, Tom's. I don't hate the Falcons. I hate their Disney looking, you know, villain of an owner, obviously black. He does look like, like he's always, like who's always on the sideline staring. Like, go Honestly, in your box. Stay up uh, there. Arthur the guys black. do not want you on the sideline. Arthur Black was easily number two on my list. <laughs> Blank, sorry, Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank, yeah. Like, he's like a Disney villain. No, he's like Mr. Penguin or something from Batman. That's what he is. <laughs> so who are you picking, though? He's the Riddler. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I mean, like, this is like the same song and dance we've seen from the Falcons the last couple of years. Like, start playing good football down the stretch, but at the point where, like, you've kind of already fallen off and you're already out of contention, so... Could it be sort of a, a scary game like that? I don't know. But for me, um, I, I still I still think they fall short of the Saints. I have the Saints here, and, and I'm going to take the under as well. You said it, Connor. Or Connor. You said it, Tomes. You said it. This is what the Falcons do. I know. No, I they, just, they I... win these games. This is what they do. They, they're four and seven right now. They get to five and seven, and then all of a sudden, they'll win next week. They're yeah, six and seven. Right? Oh, my yeah. God. They're almost back and to 500, right? And then they, and then they, they get they... the 10th pick and, and completely <laughs> shit the bed and don't And then they lose team. the last four games of the season. It's yeah. like, oh, but you know what? If this happened and this happened and this happened and they didn't lose to Detroit, and they, all these things come together. That's what the Falcons do. They win this game. That's what they do. The Falcons are winning this game outright. If you want some stats, I'll give you some. The Falcons are really good against the run. That's all that New Orleans does. New Orleans defense is finally running into fast. form. They're fantastic. They're very, very, very good. They are elite. But this is what the Falcons do. They win this game. They don't win the ones that matter. They win this one. Falcons plus three. And fuck it. I'll take the over. Um, Colts are at the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson is getting three points at home. Completely disrespectful to a top two quarterback in the NFL. Over under is 51. Connor, who do you got? I'm going to snap again. I'm taking the over and I'm taking Houston just because you need to shut up about Watson. <laughs> Thank you, friend. There it is. I like, I, I'm not even saying any of the crap that I've written down here. Like I'm I, Houston taking Houston, taking the over Houston's going to score a zillion points. Boom. Done there. Lock it in. Lock of the week. God, All I right. hope you're right. All right, Ian. What do they do in the NFL Network? You got to lock it in? <laughs> lock it in. All right, Ian. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, 
as predicted on this podcast by yours truly, Indianapolis was humbled pretty good by Derrick Henry without DeForest Buckner. You're right. And David and Duke Johnson are no Derrick Henry. Now, this is tough because I think Buckner's still on the COVID list, so we don't know if he's going to play. He is a huge hinge piece for me. He he honestly just makes that defense so much better because he's almost like Donald in a way where like he may not get the sack, but he's always involved. And God, San Francisco was stupid for trading him just so they can keep D Ford or whoever the hell they kept. Um, I, I, the other thing that, that concerns me with Houston is that, you know, they're out of wide receivers. So it's Brandon cooks and Kiki Cootie. So I do kind of like an no, indie bounce back Kiki, here. Kiki QT, QT, whatever. So it's him, and I got another rookie, but they cut Kenny Stills for some reason. And then, he you know, spoke Will Fuller got suspended. He spoke out against the owner. Because the owner's a piece of shit. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, as Connor mentioned, like Deshaun Watson is balling right now. I mean, say what you want. I'm not trying to get in a fight again, but he is balling right now. I mean, and, and he's sort of just doing it on his own. I think if you're a DFS guy, I don't mind Jordan Akins in this game. He sort of strikes me as a guy who's going to catch a random touchdown, a la Darren Fells. You know, so it's not inconceivable that he cooks here. I, I just don't know that they have the weapons um, to sort of handle it. I, You know what? I was going to say Indy, but I, I got to roll with my guy, Deshaun, because I've had enough of the slander on this podcast. I'm rolling Houston here. Thomas, before we get to you, I'm going to jump in here quickly. Um, I, I want to make this clear. Deshaun Watson has been like the third best quarterback in the NFL since week five when Bill O'Brien was fired. The guy is stupid talented. He is incredible at football. When I say that I mean that he is overrated is the fact that he, I don't, I never really understood why he, he was sharpied in with Mahomes and Jackson, another overrated guy. I think that Deshaun Watson is probably the seventh, sixth best quarterback in the NFL. And that's probably, and that's probably in a generous range of too low or too high. Again, I think he is awesome. I really do. I just never liked that he was penned in like it was those three guys and then everyone else was on their own. I feel like there's people that are better than him in the NFL. So we had our fun. I just wanted to clear that up. With that being said, and I didn't get to mention this on the last pick, home dogs have been awesome this year. They're awesome every year. If you should just bet home dogs all the time, you will do good, you will do good if you gamble. With all of that said, Fuller's gone. Roby's gone. The Colts kill the Texans at home. When the, Sorry, on the road when the Texans are at home. 7-0-1 against the spread, uh, India's, in their last eight. I'm actually surprised that it's only three. Because I think the real line should be three, but when you lose that many players with that type of record, you normally see four and a half, you see five. I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts. Because we talk about identity, they can play defense. Yep. And, and, and I'll give him that. So I'm going to take the Colts. Tom? By the way, by the way, if Deshaun finds a way to cover this and win this game, you need to come on this podcast on video, just yourself, and send out a public apology for doubting him. I never doubt him. I will never say that he is the top three quarterback in the NFL. Next giveaway needs to be a to Deshaun be, Watson jersey. Yeah, and to be fair, I never said he was a top three quarterback either. But that's what he's talked as. It's I like said those he was three in guys. Sharpie. In Sharpie in the top five. In Sharpie. Yeah. Tomes. Ian, you made a good point. Colts were kind of humbled last week in, in that game against Tennessee. I, I do not see 
that happening back-to-back weeks to this team. Uh, I'm really starting to like, uh, what is it, Pittman Jr. on, yeah, on the Colts. Good. I think as long as Philip Rivers can find a way to throw him the ball and 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 the Colts can continue to run, I I, I like them in this game to cover. Uh, but I will take – so I, I will take the Colts, but I will take the under in this game. You guys are going to have to fact-check me on this. But I think – I think – that both Indianapolis and Philadelphia passed on DK Metcalf to take Paris Campbell, who has played two games in two years, and JJ Arcega Whiteside. For I the record, confirm, there, I can there confirm was, there was a stat last week where DK Metcalf has more receptions and more yards in Philly, in Philly, than Arcega Whiteside does. And Arcega Whiteside plays on the team i'm sure if you included warm-ups that would be the case so you you're know what's being, funny being mean. he he has two he has two career touchdowns okay one of them is an 82 yard run from booby miles who fumbled at the one and jj just happened to pick up the ball and score a touchdown okay and the other one i think there was a pick play miscommunication left wide open i i, I said it going into that week DK has more receptions, never mind touchdowns. Sorry, he has more touchdowns than JJ has receptions. I think that's a I think that speaks to your quarterback. And let's get to your quarterback. The Eagles are visiting the Green Bay Packers. The line is minus eight and a half. Over under is 47. Tomes. Who are you picking this week? I mean, the Eagles are absolute mess. Dubs are fire. Call it what you want. I, I I laugh because, I mean, you guys here that live in Toronto and listen to, like, Leaf Sports Talk, right? And 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 and, and radio announcers or radio hosts do a good job of, of moderating when they have people calling in and whatnot. And, you know, they'll throw the odd jab here and there. I don't know if you guys have ever tuned into any sort of Philly sports news network. These... Philly guys rip the team just as much as the fans do. And it's absolutely hilarious because it's true. And like I said, the team's a mess. They're, they take are, the Eagles. You coward. They, I don't think are going to get any better than, than what they've been right now. I mean, Philly has found a way to win at Lambeau last year, but which do it. felt like 10 years ago. And it's, that's the reason why I'm taking the Eagles. It's as simple oh as that. God, you're doing it. Yes. Oh, Connor, have you ever listened to Eagles radio talk? Uh, I've listened to the Steelers radio talk. And from what I've been told, it's not that much different when they're bad. It's pretty, it's uh, there's something in the water in Pennsylvania. They, they call in and they rip on their team. And then the radio host rips on the team. And then some, you know, 90 year old grandma calls in and drops a bunch of really bad words and rips on the team. It's actually really funny. Yeah. These, these are people that live in a state that wanted to change the name of the state to Wensylvania and then turned their back on the team when they lost to, to the Dolphins after their kicker caught a touchdown and then started a petition that said, make the Eagles walk home. Why are you getting mad about old games? Can we pick Because it haunts game? me every day, Ian, every day. And yet you pick the Eagles. Connor, are, you, are you siding with Tomes? Uh, I want to because I really hate when we bully him. But I can't because it's the Packers at home. Bullying's fun, kids. I don't, I don't even know that eight and a half's enough. It's, it's, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking the over. I, hey, I'll text you every quarter. Hey, buddy, how you doing? You need anything? You want me to Uber Eats you something? I can get you a nice fried chicken sandwich. Like, is there any, what what would you say the percentages of another backdoor cover here? Zero. 
No. Okay, so I, I want to. I so I, I'm going to go next because I want to expand on that before we get down another Eagles rabbit hole about JJ Arcega Whiteside. God, we're, that guy. We're 30 sucks. minutes into Eagles uh, dark okay. holes, by the way. So. Am I betting on a backdoor cover again? I mean, that's sort of a that's sort of a shitty way to live your betting life, right? To bet on those, you know. As our previous guest Ryan Koval said, and he's one of the smartest people. All jokes aside, he's one of the smartest people I've ever been around. And he made a really good point last week. He said it's hard to rely on this Philly offense if we watch the game in Seattle and they can't throw on that Seattle team at home when the Seahawks have traveled cross country. If they can't score on that defense, then we need to seriously start thinking about this when we do these lines. So Seattle's defense was terrible. Obviously, Jamal Adams was all over the place. But again, I can't continue to bet on these backdoor covers. And I'm unsure if Philadelphia can contain Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, you talk about people that need to be done being bullied. Poor Darius Slay last week. Oh, my goodness. Like, that guy needs to go see a, a grief counselor for the beating that DK Metcalf put on him. And by the way, it doesn't get any easier. You have the best route runner in football coming in Devontae Adams. I Like, DK Metcalf made Darius Slay his son. Devontae Adams is going to make Darius Slay his grandson. It is going to be an evisceration at that position. It is Green Bay here. No backdoor cover. Rodgers is going to let that shit fly. This is easy. The Packers are going to shit on the Eagles. It's not even going to be close. Ian mentioned this last week with the over with the Packers and the Bears, which did come in. The Packers can score this by themselves. I know the Eagles defense is good. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. Yeah. Right. They, They can defend the run. They can not defend the pass. To your point, well. Sean, they're not nearly as good if Darius Slay is in a number one corner. And that was my point. And yeah, and uh, Ian, to your point, DK. Now, DK took the entire matchup personally, which, oh which, by the way, I don't want to get too deep into the, uh, the, the, uh, into the Schwartz comments and all that. It's like athletes look for this type of motivation. Now, maybe don't talk to the other player's best skill position player before a game. Maybe just leave that one alone. Maybe save it for after the game. But either way, I know the Packers are weird. I feel like we pick them every week. I feel like we have to choose between them. But we had to do this this week. Eight and a half. This is a teaser game if I've ever seen one. And I got another teaser moment coming a little bit later on. I am also taking the Packers. I am taking the over as well that is a lock the rams are visiting the cardinals the cardinals are getting three points at home ian who are you taking in this matchup i'm never picking the rams again after last <laughs> week's shit fire it's never happening i like the cards in a bounce back i'm never picking the rams again go cards i like them plus three go ahead connor jump in yeah i just i don't know what rams team is going to show up period I don't like that. I'm not betting against Kyler at home. Done. Cardinals, I like the over too. Listen, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid out of Arizona, and I'm going to continue to do so against the fake Rams and the fake quarterback, Jared Goff. Give me the cards. Be fair, does and... anyone think he's real? No. He needs not even like his, not even. <laughs> <laughs> four for four, boys. Uh, should I give details about the matchup or just say that I'm taking the Cardinals? Because I will say one thing. Ian brought up a really good point last week about the Patriots, about how their slow linebackers are not going to be able to cover Kyler in space. Well, the Rams linebackers aren't going to be able to cover Kyler in space either. 
Uh, Kaiser, who is a great fantasy linebacker, not a great actual linebacker, is also hurt. Home dog coming off a loss. Sign me all the way up. And I cannot wait to answer one of our earlier fill in the blanks questions. I can't wait for the Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins matchup. So give me the Cardinals plus three. The Denver Broncos are visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are laying 14 points. The over-under is 51. Tomes, the Eagles aren't involved in this game. Tell us who you're picking. Well, the Broncos won't be able to blame this one on having no quarterbacks this week. I'll tell you that for, for free. Um, man, the Chiefs, this, this Chiefs team is too good. And I can't come on this pod with you guys and praise Mahomes and praise Tyreek Hill and praise everything that that team is doing and then not pick them, right? Like, it, it's a blasphemy. But... No, I'm just showing you. I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm taking the over in this game as well, too. I talked about teases. I am teasing this and the Packers. I am also taking the Chiefs minus 14. I am also teasing the over in this game with the over in the Packers game. This is going to be an absolute disaster for my for my my gambling book, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. And the only way to, we talked about this. The only way to beat the Chiefs is to run the ball and defend the pass. The Broncos can defend the pass. They're very good at it, but they can't do anything else. And this is Connor. I liked what I saw out of Le'Veon Bell last week. I really did. Little juice. He had a little juice. Little juice. Chiefs minus fourteen. Connor, follow up. Yeah, I'm not overthinking this. I mean, what, what's going on with the Broncos right now is a dumpster fire, and it's going to take a while for them to actually get back to normal, if that's even going to be possible after what's happened the last couple of weeks for them. Um, yeah, give me the Chiefs. They're especially them at home, right? I want the Chiefs, I want the over. So if I could tease this line down to like 10, 9 or 10. You can get it to eight. You can also yeah, get it, you can get it to you can get it to four, you can get it to seven, or you can get it to eight. Yeah, I mean at eight, I hammer it. 14 is just a lot. Like I know, you know, Pat Mahomes wants to embarrass people. He was embarrassing the Bucks. And then, you know. That you know, Traverius Ward starts to get picked on, and all of a sudden they sort of climb their way back, and all of a sudden it's a three-point game out of nowhere. So it's just too many points. It's too many points. It's a divisional game. Those are traditionally close. And look, like Denver just got really embarrassed. Like it was really bad. It's it I kind of like a bounce back. They're not gonna win, but I think they bounce back enough. And look, Denver can flat out run the football. Philip Lindsay can run the football for sure. So I like them to cover. I'm not going to get crazy, but I like so them, them to cover. I got Denver. I will say this. <clears throat> the Chiefs need an opponent. You've seen that. They need an opponent. They need a moment. They need something to get them going. Ian, I like Philip Lindsay and I like Melvin Gordon. Why are they the 25th ranked rush offense in the NFL? Well, I think quarterback play has got to play part of it. I, I think they're in playing inconsistency. For whatever reason, Lindsay doesn't play enough. If it were me, I'd have Gordon 20, 20 yards and in and on all passing downs. And then I'd have Lindsay everywhere else. And for whatever reason, it feels like Denver is, you know, they, they want to spell with Royce Freeman sometimes. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think just offensive disorganization, quite frankly, is part of it. But yeah, I mean, this should be a team that is, plays off their rushing this is this, this this should be a team like you know kind of like the rams are when all the running backs are going where it's like we run the hell out of the mall and then you have golf or drew lock in this case pick your spots with your good receivers i i, I don't see why that shouldn't be the blueprint on to the next boys 
the Bills for the final game are playing the San Francisco pesky ass 49ers. The the line is another home dog plus two and a half over under is 48 tones. Let's throw to you here, buddy. What do you got? I, 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 like you said, yeah, the pesky 49ers. I mean, this team does not quit, right? They, they dig deep. They find ways to compete. It's fantastic. It's, it's fun and dandy, but you're not getting any sort of prize for, second place, if you want to call it that or, or whatever. I mean, I, I don't see the bills having any trouble with this, continue to run the ball, continue to get the ball into, to our boy Diggs's hands. And, and, and I think you, you will be all right. Now this game's, this game's being played in Arizona, right? Ooh, because, yes. Right. Yes, it is. Cause, so. Cause the 49ers are like, like the OHL are not allowed, not allowed to have any contact. No, yeah. no. Santa Clara <laughs> shut down the entire, uh, the entire County. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it changes, changes much. Um, I, I, I still like the bills. Uh, I don't know, two and a half. I'm not going to lie to me. Kind of seemed a little bit low. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just, just heavy on the bills, but yeah, I'm taking them, but, uh, I will take the under in this game. Go ahead, Ian. So here's the reason it's scary. The reason it's scary is because San Francisco is so well coached. They still have really good personnel, particularly on defense. They have, you know, Fred Warner is, if he's not the best linebacker in football, he's number two. And the, the Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward was great last week too, but Richard Sherman returning is a very, very big deal. You know, we, we talked about corners above about who could cover all four of those players. And, you know, Richard Sherman, while not at the level of a Darrell Revis, has to at least be mentioned, peak Richard Sherman. And the guy is still really good. And we're going to get to a point too with him where we're talking Hall of Fame. Like that time's coming. How he's still good at this age after all he's been through is incredible. With that said, you know, I think with the 49ers, it can go one of two ways. Do you feel that this pesky team is so battle-tested against adversity that going to Arizona to play their home games doesn't bother them? Or on the other side, is this something that is this the final thing that breaks their back. Like, I, I just don't know. Right. And that a team that's this well coached with this identity, it's hard to bet against. And look, like the one thing I'll say about the bills is they have a, they have quality wins. You know, the Rams win was sort of fluky, but that's a quality win. Seattle, Miami, they weren't really lost to Tennessee, a Hail Murray and Kansas city. You know, it's just really hard. I think, you know, I, I think Buffalo is sort of due for a big week. Plus Tyler Bass has turned into a really nice kicker who doesn't leave points on the table. So with the fact that they've been displaced and the lines this close, I, I like Buffalo here, but God, I don't feel good about it. This isn't your dad's bills though. Is it Connor? No, it's not. I mean, you guys have hit the nails on the head, like them not playing at home, not practicing at home, not being at home. Like you can only take so much as a team. You know, I, I praise Shanahan early on, but I still, I, I really do think that this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back which might not even necessarily be a bad thing for this team. I mean, they could probably, you know, use a year to kind of collect themselves and say, okay, how do we attack and get back to the Super Bowl the next year? But yeah, I mean, can, can you be bad enough to get to fields would be where I would be trying to go. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're right on that weird cusp. I mean, heck they could get Mac Jones. They could get Trask. I mean, they're, they're in play for a bunch of different quarterbacks right now. So for them, you know, I really think that this is just going to be too much for them to overcome. I, I normally don't like teams going east to west, but Never. I like the Bills here and I like the under. But you you don't like teams going west to east more. Normally the east to west True. is a little bit yeah. easier. And the reason I brought up your dad's Bills is because, not your dad in particular, Connor, but just dads in general. Um, or my dad. Or your dad. They can't run the ball. 
and they don't play defense. Now the defense has been getting progressively better. They've been they've been making those strides. Doug McDermott has been making those adjustments. I, I like the direction that they're going in, but I think this is a classic case of one team needs it more. And the 49ers aren't looking at fields. They're looking at the playoffs. Yeah. While the other team is the better football team, they can hang a loss in Arizona. So I've been right on the 49ers a few times. And I'm going to roll with the home away from home dogs. I wish this line was three because I think that's the push, which makes me think I should take the bills. But I'm going to take the two and a half. I am. I think the 49ers are, they aren't just pesky. I think they're good. And I think so well coached. And I think that that's, I think that's where we're going to get to. So this has been a long, but entertaining addition of the from the stands podcast tomes, Connor. Thank you both so much for coming on for our only episode of the week. Ian, thank you for indulging me in a few heated conversations, but please sign off the podcast for the people. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Make sure you go follow Deshaun Watson on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Let him know. Let him know what you think. Like, tell him he's a beast. Um, Everyone stay safe out there. It's getting really scary. Please, please wear your mask. And happy holidays, everybody.